Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus and I'm joined tonight by Manny and Trev. But also, from an American perspective, I am joined by Tom Sobel from the Golf Course Schooners. On this episode, we're going to talk about Stan Kroenke. Is he all that bad? So good evening all. Um, this is a, a little extra one. We, we, we've just recorded the podcast uh, for this week, um, which has covered the West Ham game and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, and because we had a guest over from across the pond, we've got Tom from Gulf Coast Gooners on. And we've got our very opinionated, controversial uh, Manny and our very balanced uh, Trevor. We thought we'd um, discuss the issue that is Stan Kroenke and whether, you know, our opinions, is he to blame why this transfer window is going to be so bad? Is he a good thing for Arsenal? Is he a bad thing for Arsenal? Um, Should it be Kroenke out? Should it be... You know, do we have to have a silent Stan? Should Stan get more involved? Should Stan turn up at the stadium? Stan is getting old. Should um, Josh be in charge of of Arsenal Football Club? Tom Tom Sobel from Golf Course Gooners, um, you probably have a little bit more experience because Stan owns several sports franchises in America. He does, and he's uh, one of your least liked owners in the United States, too. Now, I know that's a surprise uh, <laughs> with the, uh, all of the Arsenal fans, but uh, he he actually was a, a real estate mogul uh, who married into a very, very rich family. I don't know if you know that he's married to the... Walmart. Yep, the, the Walmart heiress. Asda um, in the UK. Yeah, and she... Uh, She's she's helped him uh, become uh, even richer than he already was. Uh, but he owns the Los Angeles Rams. He owns the Denver Nuggets in the NBA. So Rams being in the NFL, Nuggets in the NBA, Colorado Avalanche in the NHL for hockey, and he owns the Colorado Rapids. And until and I think he actually even owns a a, a little club in London called the Arsenal. So. Uh, can you, can you explain the thing about the Rams? Because they were in St. Louis. Yes. And now they're in L.A. So uh, how does that work? How well, can you move Arsenal to Manchester? The, the Very easily, if it's up to Kroenke. Uh, but the, the fans basically um, are still bent over, and he's fucking them right now in St. Louis. Because, Slowly and hard. Yes. Well, actually, it was, it was a couple of slow ones, and then he's moved on, dropped them off to the side. He's moved on unceremoniously because uh, he's made promises. Uh, he had made promises many times over to the fans in St. Louis. And the Rams is a, are a team that over the history have moved multiple times. Um, but when he took them over, uh, he took them over uh, not probably not much longer before he took over Arsenal um, and uh, or right around the same time. But the, the Rams had already moved from L.A. to uh to St. Louis, and St. Louis has is a is a pretty well known sports town in the United States. The St. Louis Cardinals for baseball are huge. The St. Louis uh, Blues in hockey are huge, but they um, they did well. They won uh, a, a um, 
They won a, a Super Bowl with the Rams. They had a, they had the the greatest show on turf. They called it for many years with the Rams with Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk. If you know anything about the NFL, they were one of the most highly uh, high flying, potent offenses that the league had seen in many years. Um, and then Kroenke came in, and somehow this is going to sound familiar. Jeff Fisher, the head coach of the, the the Rams, was there for years and years and years. After he had success with other teams, he ended up with the Rams, and he was, uh, uh, I believe, he was the Rams, and, and he, I think he was uh, he was just a uh, um, uh, mediocrity was the best that he could get out of him. Uh, but the uh, the Rams, uh, uh, actually, I'm sorry, let me take that back. He they brought him in as a mediocre coach because they had had many years of mediocrity. They brought him in after having many years of mediocrity at the Tennessee Titans. And he went in and he got to stay a little longer than he should have up until the point where they could get to the, a, a, an offer from LA to move the team. Um, unlike teams in, in Europe and in, and in the UK where the owners typically have to pay for their own stadiums, uh, and they typically get some financing. Uh, our owners in the United States like to screw the local government, screw the local fan base as much as possible to get as much money out of the, the local base to, to pay for their stadiums. I was, I was going to ask you a question on that because there's been an ongoing debate on one of the social media platforms that we're, a lot of us are on. And uh, Dan Harvey, who runs uh, Black Boots of Aubameyang, um, he's in discussion with a guy called Simon. I can't remember. Sorry, Simon. I can't remember your surname offhand. But um, it was all about Cronky, uh, and he's put. And my understanding, as well, to a certain degree, out of ignorance, I suppose, um, was I thought that he was leveraging Arsenal's wealth to raise funds to build the billion-pound stadium for the LA Rams. Am I incorrect? I would say probably a little incorrect on that simply because um, the money that they that they raise typically doesn't come out of their own pockets, doesn't typically come out of the, the organization's pockets. Typically, they get... Um, let me give you an example. Manchester United is owned by the Glazer family. The Glazers also own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is here in Tampa. Um, and the stadium that we built for the Buccaneers was um, financed by a uh, half cent sales tax that they that we voted for uh, many many years ago and that money would that sales tax money would go in and built the stadium and the contract we wrote with the Glazers for the Buccaneers basically had us bending over and taking up the ass again because so who, who owns the stadium then it is technically owned by the Tampa Sports Authority but the way the contract is written is that it is all the proceeds parking concessions game any other like concerts or anything that goes into the uh, um, into the stadium that a percentage a vast percentage of that goes to the NFL team the, the and how, how much does your your Tampa Bay council or whatever or state get Um. I, I, I know you might know the actual specifics in the sense of, but do they take a small percentage? We get a percentage, yes, but it's it's very it's comparatively to what they're making off of the stadium, and they have the say on all the things that go on in the stadium. So and who, that's who what runs, they're trying to do in LA too. 
who runs the stadium in a sense? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking West Ham here in the UK because with the uh, the London Olympic or London yeah. Development Authority, um, which gave West Ham and they paid two million pounds, which is what about two point four million dollars a year, but they don't. They don't pay for policing. They don't pay for uh, corner flags. They don't pay for goalposts. Yeah. They don't pay for anything in the stadium. But yet again, they get a share of the concession sales. Uh, da 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 da. Yeah. So basically, the same type of a deal. It sounds very similar to what West Ham kind of deal they're getting out of the Olympic Stadium because the Tampa Sports Authority still runs everything at the stadium, um, even when they went to do some uh, some stadium upgrades recently. The owners, the Glazers, uh, decided that they wanted to do these upgrades and improve the, the scoreboard. They have a huge new scoreboard. It's ridiculous. And they did some seats and updated the seats and updated the club. And they felt they could afford to give us like half of the money. The rest of the money had to come from the Tampa Sports Authority to make those improvements to the stadium. So... It, it's it's a it's a situation where even though it is owned by the community because we called it a community investment tax back in the day when we did this and that money all went basically to fu- get keep the this the team here which is what they did in LA with Stan Stan wanted they they could, he couldn't get a deal like he could get from St Louis to keep them in Tamp in in St Louis to keep the Rams so he went all over the place looking for a better deal and he got one because LA hasn't had a football team hadn't had a football team in in Los Angeles for quite a while so they went ahead and made a sweetheart deal and they're still in the process of getting all the financing and building the stadium but the stadium is still going to be paid majority of it's going to be paid by the city or the county or the state with the deals written in such a way that Cronky makes all the money the advantage to the county the state the they want to say that it's to bring in additional revenue from businesses and local businesses that benefit from having uh, football games there, from concerts and things like that, and having a, a world class venue. Getting a small percentage of the income, and Kroenke's getting more. Uh, whoever is the franchisee yeah. is getting the majority of you it. You may say a pittance is what they get from from wow. the, the, what they what they've invested. And in. what's the feeling towards uh, Kroenke in St. Louis? St. Louis absolutely hates him. He's persona non grata. He cannot come back without having if, – if, if he really can't show his face in St. Louis at this point. Um, and he – because he flat out lied to the fans. Uh, they really believed that he was going to do everything in his power to keep the team in St. Louis until he didn't. And uh, it's, a, it's a shame because it's a great sports town. Um he his none of his teams have un, he's gotten lucky because not only does he make money off of his teams and we know that from Arsenal but he hasn't won anything i think maybe his colorado rapids in the mls which i don't really consider great football but they uh they won it one year i think but other than that the nuggets have not been good the avalanche haven't been good since he's owned them the rams this year have actually been good and it's in spite of him so Tom, this is really interesting, right? This is really interesting. You've generated a point I want to make and and then a question to you again, if you don't mind, yeah? So mm-hmm. the the point from what I'm listening to is that Kroenke absolutely does not give one fuck about any club's fans. They don't really matter. That's what, the impression. Yeah. And secondly, 
Kroenke must be in a statement from me. Kroenke must be in the Arsenal. The only reason I can see is to make money. It, it, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me there's another reason why he would ever want to be involved with our great club. I would love to tell you. I would love to give you all kinds of reasons why he is a supporter of the Arsenal. He's not. There's not a single thing that he cares about more than money. Um, I don't think he, uh, this might be a little too personal, but I don't think he cares about his wife except for the money that she's got. I'm sure that uh, he's he, he thought of that Allegedly. as a business deal. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> He he! It was a business deal. It was almost like a, a Game of Thrones kind of, or or like a, an arranged, you know, um, marriage between, uh, you know, seriously wealthy She's families. Into mustaches. She must be. I think it tickles. So, so, from your perspective, this is really interesting. As an Arsenal fan that goes to most games, Tom, yeah, should my frustrations be aimed at Cronky? Um, I would, me personally, I would say yes. Uh, what what we used to do when we used to do our uh, Gooner cast is we would talk about it and it would come up a lot of times talking about, you know, people wanting to get rid of Wenger. Wenger out. Wenger was, was doing this. Wenger was doing that. But my response to everybody was, be careful what you wish for. Oh because you I have... I that saying. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible because... Wenger had his issues, but when you have Kroenke, who is in, and now with the fact that he owns the entire club all outright and it's private, that's gonna. I I can't see it boding well for our us as fans. Manny, but, but Wenger, um, sorry, know, Fergus, sorry, Fergus, Veng. If that was the case, Wenger is is a man of great experience been at the club over 20 years he should have grown a pair of balls if that was the case and come out and said to the fans us the people i my hands are tied i can't do any more than i'm doing because and i, I, I've I got nothing i think that's what you is doing certainly at the minute when he came out and said all i can do is loan deals yeah yeah, yeah. agree but 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 agree. but, 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 but I doesn't have the protection of 20 years of support of AKBs and WOBs and so on. You know, uh, Wenger probably, I don't know, he wanted to protect his own income and job. Uh, also wanted to protect the integrity of, of what is Arsenal Football Club. I think, I don't know, romantically what I think. Let's, let's not get into the Wenger situation. Fergus, um, you got it wrong there. You got one thing wrong there. You said he wanted to protect Arsenal Football Club. That's wrong. We're not Arsenal. We are the Arsenal, my friend. The Correct. Arsenal. Mr. The Hillwood. is a massive word. <laughs> the we Arsenal. are the Arsenal. Sorry, Absolutely. mate. No, 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 no. I, I, I stand corrected and correctly so. Manny, now, Yo. we've had numerous debates over how long have we been either together on social media, chatting, we've been doing... Um, sorry, Tom, thank you very much for that. That was really, really insightful. It um, really was. You're welcome. Um, we, we, we've, we've had numerous discussions both on and offline, uh, both yeah. on and off the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think over recent weeks with some, or the, 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 the last week, with some of the stuff that's come out about uh, financial fair play, uh fit and proper persons and I can't remember what the essay I can't remember what the other last four letter one is which is to do with like sorry 
I you got it. it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has made me think a little bit. Um, and then listening to what Thomas said, it's made me think, unthink all that. And I think you've gone through the same experience. So go on. Oh, man, listening to Tom just, just, it made me a little bit depressed, to be honest with you. It made the future Preach. really look bleak. Oh, man, like I was ready to, oh, anyway, let's, let's go, let me go. Sorry about so, that. <laughs> oh, man, it just made it so bleak. The thing is, we all knew that Kronky was a parasite anyway, and we all knew that we would, if we were going to be successful, that we would have to do it ourselves, and he just doesn't give a shit. We knew this. So... There are two things that we have to worry about um, in in the Premier League. So that's one thing called profitability and suitability and sustainability rules, which basically keeps clubs from spiraling into debt. So clubs can't lose more than 105 million pounds over a three year period. But then the other thing that I didn't know about was the short term cost control, which it stops clubs from having an inflating wage bill. So you're only allowed to increase seven million per seven million pounds per season. So the way you can increase that figure is by growing your revenue, your match day revenue, your players. Is it seven million or seven percent? Seven million. <clears throat> seven million pounds per season. Okay. So the only way you can increase that is by growing your revenue, your match day revenue, your player sales, increase your commercial revenue, but TV revenue is excluded from that. So for us, PSR isn't an issue because Arsenal clear their pre-tax profit pretty much every season. But us dropping into the Europa League and our our static sponsorship revenue means that the short-term cost control stops us from being active like we want to in the transfer market. By static revenue, you're talking about like um, the stadium naming, the uh, shirt sponsorship. So yeah, on. those were deals that were really dragged out for long periods of time. And which are, which are about enough. to expire. Exactly. So, yeah. So us, you know, falling into the Europa League and, and, you know, having that loss of revenue from being in that Europa League has caused a lot of detriment. And it leaves us really close to that £7 million limit. So if Kroenke was to come in and go, you know what, I'm going to give you guys £300 million. <clears throat> Yeah, right. That investment would stop us from going into debt as opposed to helping us increase the short-term cost control. It's, it's not, it, it, it would go into our balance sheet and show us as a, a more profitable business as our net worth, but it Correct. wouldn't actually increase our turnover. It would be like a director's loan or a direct, something, a shareholder's, um, I can't remember the terminology, I'm not at work anymore, but um, <laughs> but it's not turnover, hence it's not counted in this, in this uh, equation. Yeah, so the only way we can increase, you know, that that, that short-term cost control is by revenue from matchday income, our our sponsorship income, and profit that we get from players and getting back into the Champions League. So we don't need his investment to be compliant with financial fair play or the short-term cost control. So the light at the end of the tunnel before Tom came and really shut off that light <laughs> <laughs> is, um, you know, the five-year deal with Emirates and the shirt sponsors and the stadium rights that's due to kick in, you know, in the summer. So that's 200 million pounds over five years. And then, you know, the, the Adidas sponsorship, you know, that's 60 million pounds over five years. So our financial restrictions have really been caused by our reduced revenue for no Champions League, our out-of-control wage bill, our contract tracks running down our flat commercial revenue and just our poor transfer dealings in general now i want to leave you guys with two points now if 
Kroenke wanted to come in and genuinely help us with the short-term cost control, then he would have to do what the Man City owner is doing, which is to get one of his businesses to sponsor us. Several of his businesses. Yeah. Exactly. So that's one way of, to- of looking at it. And, when and Man-, Man-, about- Man-, Man City have done that with like airlines and everything else. Exactly. But, and, and it has been... Uh, I, I'm, I'll just say allegedly just to cover myself, but I'm 99.99999% that it has been openly criticised and saying that they are doping their club by over-sponsoring mm-hmm. th- from various subsidiary companies from Qatar or wherever it is. 100%. So I'm going to make this final point and then I'm going to shut up forever. Um, so... I, I asked you, Fergus, earlier in the week, you know, when was our you know, self-sustaining model coming into pass? And you said around 2002. So with Kroenke coming in and seeing that we have a self-sustaining model, it's like, okay, I don't have to put any money into the club, so I'm, I'm off the hook here. But when I worked in the NHS, right, I only saw our big boss twice in the year and a half that I was there. Right. So he left, you know, our director in charge to, to run things and he only came down when he needed to. So with Kroenke in America, he left two people in charge, Gazidis and the previous manager. When people say that we haven't spent money, we've spent three hundred and seventy eight million pounds since 2013 on this squad. And look where that money has gone. So when people say that, you know, the previous manager shouldn't get the blame. Yes, he will take a part of that blame because he made us less competitive on the pitch. Let player contracts get all out of the play, get up all over the place. Wages have spiraled for players that are bang average. And we have paid for that on the pitch. That's all I have to say, Lewis. And, and to put it into perspective, to kind of touch on what you were saying about Man City putting money back into it, even if we wanted Kroenke to put money into it, the one thing that he has done recently, um, in this in back in the summertime, is that this stadium that he's building for LA is the the most expensive stadium NFL stadium ever built in the United States, and it's coming in at about four billion dollars. He's putting in, him and his wife are putting in $1.6 billion of their own to invest in it. That's like an unheard of for him and for him and his wife, but that's money that he's putting in that he does not have to put into the arsenal. Jesus Christ. See, this is so interesting. I said earlier, I've changed my mind on it about 10 times in the last three days. And in the course of this 20-minute conversation, I've changed my mind about four times again. Yep. It's it's unbelievable, but Manny. So where you, are you w- now? Well, I'm I'm heading towards siding with Cronky a little bit, you know, because what Manny just got me then. Manny got me big time when he said about the poor investment in the past, and I'm going to go back, but I'm only going to go back for a few seconds. Manny's right. How, how listen? How much did we pay for Xhaka? Oh, how God. poor an investment is that? As that turned out to be, Mustafi. Mustafi, thirty-five million. <laughs> There. Actually, I've got I've got a list of players here that will make you guys cringe with yep. how many we actually got from them yep. in terms of selling them. Putting a football yeah. person in charge of finances is not a good idea. No, sure. I mean it was it was foolish for you know putting these guys in charge. But when you're thinking, okay, we've got a manager here who's been for here for a while, who knows the ins and outs of Arsenal. So okay, I may trust you to do that job. And then Gazidis, who you know he had a bit of history with the commercial side of things. There you have two people who can combine and and do a good job. So okay, I'll, I'll just scatter off to to America and do my own thing. You guys have got it, but they have messed up so badly. And now the guys that have coming in. 
Emery has to deal with that. Raul Senyehi and, and Vinayev and Ketchum and all the other guys in the backroom staff, they have to, to deal with the fallout properly for you. That. Say what? Do you want me to pronounce that properly for you? <laughs> we don't. We don't have all day, Fergus. We don't have all day. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I said it right. I'm pretty, I'm sure, pretty sure you right. did. I'm pretty but, sure I wouldn't. I mean, the, the, I'd look at. I'm going to quickly just spout off these these list of players. So we had Juru, Danielson, Oshavin, Santos, Shamax, Galachi, Jovino, Bentner, Fabianski, Sanyo, Podolski, Nabri, Rizitski, DRB, Gibbs. Gabriel, Chesney, Cochland, Giroud, Cazorla, Wilshire, Perez, Joel Campbell, Debushi, Renard Delayed, Czech, Ramsey, and Welbeck. All of them have gone for a combined £77 million. That's how bad we have mismanaged some of these talents. I haven't even spoken of Sanchez, Vermaelen. You got Czech on there, Czech. Oh, because Czech is going to be out of contract. Yeah, they? Czech, Ramsey, and Welbeck. You know, they're, they're not mm. going to get their contracts renewed, but... For that talent, seventy-seven million. Bad show that. That is a bad, bad show. But at the end of the day, boys, it's my Arsenal, mm. and I yeah, I, and mine, and and we are going to come through this. I don't know how, but we can. Will can the uh, can the savior be a Josh Kroenke? Uh, I. You know what? I, hmm. Last. Summer when the when when the Wenger situation was going and he came over and done his three months, uh, I thought he was going to take over as CEO and be the top man. And I thought, well, if he wants to be in London and be the top man at the Arsenal and at the Emirates, I thought, well, fair play. At least he wants to be involved. At least he wants to have some input. Be it business input, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. Okay, for us, it's a club, it's a life, it's it, it's a lot of things. But, you know, to to fund that multi, multi, multi billion pound operation, people have to run it as a business. It, it's no different than charities. You get like, you know, the UN or, you know, Save the Children. You get big, top, top bankers running those places because they deal... In huge amounts of money, so you do need businessmen running um, uh, businesses. But the the difference with when it comes to a football club is there's an awful lot more emotions involved in it than it is a bank or a supermarket or whatever. Um, mm. So yeah, I I haven't got any objection to Josh being involved if Josh wants to be involved. Maybe he wants to set himself apart from what his father has done and the way his father has done things. I'm, I'm really probably just projecting. This is what I would do. Damn it! But, <laughs> yeah. well, but I'm hoping that something like that happens. It would be great if we got a Josh Kroenke takeover at the Arsenal, and he's thinking to himself, "I need to show my dad. I need to prove to my parents that I can be a successful man and make the Arsenal what we were." Wouldn't that be good? It would be, be amazing. It would be great. I mean, we. I want to be optimistic about you know our, our future, um, but it really depends on what happens in the summer and even what happens in this window. For me to be optimistic, I want to see some deadwood leave in in January. I want to see more deadwood leave, you know, and for us to get money for them in the summer. And then I can start being a bit more optimistic with where we're going because at this point it's looking a bit bleak with the way our wage bill is and the way things are. 
So I want to see a couple of outgoings this this winter. Yeah. And if we've got to get people on loan, which I don't mind that because it's January and it's always difficult to get good talent in January. So people going crazy, like, oh, we can only afford loans. That wouldn't be so bad, especially if those loans come in and they're successful. So well, this is where we are at the minute. And some fans have to really just take it on the chin, buckle up, bite the bullet, because this is where we are. Well, Emery is a victim of his own success for this season so far and because we all knew that this was a chance to be very bleak season with what we had what limitations we had with how bad our back line is so you are right if we can clear out some wages clear out the deadwood um and and move forward with with a better direction and this is one thing i wanted to add about cronky uh josh cronky is that keeping if you want to have a barometer if you want to look to see where we may go as the arsenal start looking at how well competitively and successfully the teams like the denver nuggets and the colorado colorado avalanche are doing because he is right now in charge of both of those teams uh so in the nba and in the nhl if you start to see some things that look like a real sports organization is in charge of those teams that could bode well for us the, the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche. Forgive my uh, lack of intellect, boys, but uh, clearing out the deadwood and getting rid of players that are really not quite good enough, is that the same thing? Yeah. Yeah? Because I wouldn't mm-hmm. say clear out the deadwood, you see. I'd say let's move on some players that are not quite good enough to play for us. And, 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 and I'm sorry to go on, Fergus. I'm sorry, but uh, Tommy's generated another question, got me interest going again. If Josh Kroenke is involved in these other American sports franchises, is it, is it just too much taking on the Arsenal? Do we need someone full-time at the Arsenal, Tom? That's, can, they, that's, can they actually take on all that work and do a good job? That's a really good question because uh, I know that both those sports in uh, hockey and in the NBA, those are 82-game seasons. So when you add wow. that to the, uh, the to the many games that we could play, depending on what competitions we're in, that's a lot of se- uh, a lot of uh, it's spread out about the same time of the year too. So How have they got any teeth left? Yeah, I 80, know. Eighty-two games of hockey. Yeah. Wow. So Sorry, and it, it's going to be a telltale sign. I mean, he just recently kind of took over all of that, so this could be. Him overseeing a sports, the, the sports empire that's known as Crunky Sports Enterprises, and if he wants to, like you were saying earlier, wants to, wants to show his dad that he can do it in this realm and not necessarily in the real estate realm, um, it's 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 opportunities right here to seize it. Boys, that was um, that was really enjoy. Uh, I was going to say enjoyable. I don't know if it's enjoyable or not. A bit like what Manny said, it's it's a bit depressing, but it's very enlightening. Um, yeah, wow. It depends how you take it, really. It does, yeah. It, it, that was very, very interesting. Getting that American perspective was spot on, and thanks for that, Tom. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Yeah, appreciate it, Tom. We, we, we did do something with Boston um, early on in our podcast when he explained a bit more about Cronky and stuff, but because it... it it's more prevalent right now. It was really good and, and, and opportune timing to bring it on. So, uh, again, 
Tom, I thank you for your participation. That's two and two in a night. Thank you very much, <laughs> uh, Manny. Uh, I thank you for your composure and restraint and reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Uh, wax on, wax, wax off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck on. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> See, I can't be balanced, all right? Yeah, well done. Thank you. Trev, us two old geezers didn't have that much to talk about, did we? No, it was good to listen. Good it was really listen. good, really enjoyable. Yeah. Boys, take it easy. Up the arse. Take it. Up the Arsenal, boys. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.